0: Cambridge
2: Practice Tests for IELTS 1 by Vanessa Jakeman and Claire McDowell Published by Cambridge University Press, 1996 This recording is copyright. Cassette 2, Side 1 Practice Test 3 You will hear a number of different recordings and you will have to answer questions on what you hear. There will be time for you to read the instructions and questions and you will have a chance to check your work. All the recordings will be played once only. The test is in four sections. Write all your answers in the listening question booklet. At the end of the test, you will be given ten minutes to transfer your answers to an answer sheet. Now turn to section one of your question booklet. Section one. You will hear a student inquiring about parking facilities. First, look at questions one to four. For each of the questions, four alternatives are given. Decide which of the alternatives, A, B, C or D, best fits what you hear on the tape and circle the appropriate letter. You will see that there is an example which has been done for you. On this occasion only, the conversation relating to the
0: example will be played first. How do you come to the university each day? Um, Train or bus or do you have a car?
3: Oh, I always walk. I haven't got a car and um, anyway, I live quite close.
2: The woman says she always walks, so C has been circled. Now we shall begin. You should answer the questions as you listen, because you will not hear the recording a second time. Now listen carefully to the first conversation, and answer questions 1 to 4.
0: How do you come to the university each day, Em? Train or bus, or do you have a car?
3: Oh, I always walk. I haven't got a car, and, um, anyway, I live quite close.
0: Do you know anything about parking rights on the campus? I was wondering whether students are allowed to park their cars on campus or not.
3: Um, yes. I think it's possible for postgraduate students, but, uh, not for undergraduate students.
0: That doesn't seem very fair.
3: No, I suppose not. But, uh, simply isn't enough room on the campus for everyone to park.
0: Mm. Do you need a parking permit?
3: Yeah, I believe you do.
0: Where do I get that from?
3: Um, I think you can get a parking sticker from the administration office. Where's that? It's in the building called Block G, right next to Block E. Block G? Yeah.
0: All right. And what happens to you if you don't buy a sticker? Do they clamp your wheels or give you a fine?
3: No, I think they tow your car away.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
3: And then they find you as well, because you have to pay to get the car back.
0: I'd better get the sticker, then. Yeah. Where exactly is the administration office again? I'm new to this university, and I'm still trying to find my way around.
3: Right. You go along Library Road, Mm -hmm. past the tennis courts on your left and the swimming pool on your right, and um, the administration office is opposite the car park on the left. You can't miss it.
0: So it's up Library Road past the swimming pool, opposite the car park. Right, I'll go straight over there. Bye, and thanks for the help.
2: Now you have some time to look at questions 5 to 12. As you listen to the next conversation, complete the application form in the spaces numbered 5 to 10 and answer the questions numbered 11 to 12.
4: Good morning. Can I help you?
0: Yes. I was told to come over here to get a parking sticker. Is this the right place?
4: Uh, Yes, it is. Um, Are you a postgraduate student? Yes, I am. Okay, Well, I'll um, just need to take some details. Uh, Your name?
0: Richard Lee. That's spelt L-double-E.
4: Richard Lee. And uh, the address? Flat
0: 13, 30 Enmore Road.
4: How how do you spell Enmore?
0: E-N-M-O-R-E. And that's Mm -hmm. in the suburb of Newport. And... N E W P O R T.
4: Mm-hmm. Faculty.
0: I beg your pardon. Uh,
4: which faculty are you in? Oh,
0: architecture. The faculty of architecture.
4: Right. And the registration number of your car?
0: Uh, let me see. Um. L X J five O. Oh no, sorry. I always get that wrong. It's um. L J X. O five eight K
4: L J X five zero eight K.
0: No, O five eight K.
4: Ah, um, and what make is the car?
0: It's a Ford.
4: A Ford. Fine. Well, um, I'll just get you to sign here, and when you've paid the cashier, I'll be able to issue you with a sticker. All right. uh, where do I pay? Uh, just across the corridor in the cashier's office. Oh, but it's uh, it's twelve thirty now. And they close at 12.15 for lunch. Uh, But they open again at a quarter past two until um,
0: 4.30. Oh. um, They're not open till quarter past two?
4: Mm, No. Uh, When you get your sticker, you must attach it to the front windscreen of your car. I'm afraid it's not valid if you don't have it stuck on the window.
0: Right. I see. Thanks very much. I'll, um, I'll just wait here then.
2: Now turn to section two. Section two. You will hear a talk given by a guide showing a group of people round a museum. First, you have some time to look at questions thirteen to eighteen. Now listen to the guide, and complete the notes by filling in the numbered spaces 13 to
1: 18. Uh,
5: Good morning everyone, and welcome to the Maritime Museum. Now, before we commence our tour, I'd just like to tell you a little bit about the history of the museum. As you can see, it's a very modern building, built in the postmodern style and it was in fact opened by the Prime Minister of Australia in November 1991. It's been designed with a nautical flavour in mind to remind us of our links with the sea but the museum isn't only housed in this building there are a number of historic ships docked outside in the harbour which form part of the museum and which you are also free to visit and we'll be coming to them shortly. <laughs> I'd just like to point out one or two things of general interest while we're here. Um, handicapped toilets are located on this floor and the door shows our wheelchair. Uh, the cloakroom, where you can hang your coat or leave your bags, is just behind us here. Uh, the education centre is on the top floor and there's a good little library in there which you might like to use. Uh, Follow the signs to the Education Centre. Uh, You'll see a lot of little green arrows on the wall. Uh, The green arrows will take you there. (laughs) The information desk, marked with the small letter I on your plan, is located right here in the foyer. So if you get separated from your friends, I suggest you make your way back to the information desk because we'll be returning to this spot at the end of the tour. All right? Now, (laughs) if you look out this window, you should be able to see where the museum's ships are docked. If you want to go on a tour of the old ship, the vampire, (laughs) she's docked over there, and you should meet outside on the quay. However, a word of warning, I don't recommend it for the grandmas and grandpas because there are lots of stairs to climb. (laughs) Uh, Right now, um, let's move on. Oh, I almost forgot to give you the times for that tour. Now, tours of the vampire run on the hour, every hour.
3: All right?
2: Now look at questions 19 to 23. As you listen to the rest of the talk, complete the notes in the numbered spaces 19 to
1: 23. Uh,
5: let's take a walk around the museum now. The first room we're coming to is the theatre. This room is used to screen videos of special interest and we also use it for lectures. There's a continuous video showing today about the voyages of Captain Cook So, come back here later on if you want to learn more about Captain Cook. (laughs) Now, we're moving along the gallery known as the Leisure Gallery. Uh, This is one of our permanent exhibitions and here we try to give you an idea of the many different ways in which Australians have enjoyed their time by the sea. Um, Surfing, swimming, life-saving clubs, uh, that's all very much a part of Australian culture. At the end of this section, we'll come to the picture gallery where we've got a marvellous collection of paintings, all by Australian artists. I think you can buy reproductions of some of these paintings in the museum shop. Well worth a good look. Uh, Now, uh, we're coming to the Members' Lounge. Now, as a member of the museum, you would be entitled to use the Members' Lounge for refreshments. Uh, Membership costs $50 a year or $70 for all the family. So it's quite good value because entry to the museum is then free. And down at the far end of this floor, you'll find the section which we've called Passengers and the Sea. In this part of the museum, we've gathered together a wonderful collection of souvenirs from the old days when people travelled by ship. You'll find all sorts of things there. Old suitcases, ship's crockery, first-class cabins decorated in the fashion of the day. Just imagine what it must have been like to travel (laughs) first-class. Now,
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited-edition, ultra-low-net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
5: I'm going to leave you to walk around the museum on your own for a while, and we'll all meet back again at the information desk in, uh... Three quarters of an hour's time. I hope you enjoy your time with us at the museum today. Thank you.
2: That is the end of Section 2. You now have half a minute to check your answers. Now turn to section 3. Section 3. In this section, you will hear a university student, Mark, talking to a tutor and another student about a topic he has studied. Now look at questions 24 to 32. Now, listen to the conversation and answer questions 24 to 32.
5: Okay, everybody. Um, oh, good morning. Good morning. morning. <laughs> uh, it's Mark's turn to talk to us today, so, Mark, I'll ask you to get straight down to business. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, following on from what we were discussing last week in Susan's tutorial on approaches to marketing. Uh, You were going to give us a quick rundown on a new strategy for pricing, which is now being used by many large companies, known as revenue management, Uh, before we go on to your actual tutorial paper on sales targets. Uh, Is that correct?
1: Yeah, okay, well...
5: So, what exactly is revenue management?
1: Well, it's a way of managing your pricing by treating things like airline tickets and hotel rooms rather more as if they were perishable goods.
4: Yeah, I just tried to book a ticket yesterday for Perth and would you believe there are three different prices for the flight?
1: Right, (laughs) and what was the rationale for that?
4: Well, the travel agent said it depended on when you book and the length of the stay. Like, uh, it's cheap if you stay away for a Saturday night, presumably because this isn't business travel, and um, even cheaper if you buy a ticket where you can't get a refund if you have to cancel. Uh In that case, the ticket cost about half the price. You wouldn't think it would make that much difference, would you? Well, it
1: does. And that's basically because the airlines are now treating their seats like a commodity. You see, if you want a seat today, then you pay far more for it than if you want it in three weeks' time.
4: That seems rather unfair.
1: Well, not really. When you think about it, that's just common sense, isn't it?
5: Well, I suppose so. Uh, What this actually means is that in the same row of seats on the same flight, you could have three people who have all paid a different price for their tickets. And is this just happening in Australia?
1: No, no, it's the same all over the world. Airlines are able to market a seat as a perishable product with different values at different stages of its life.
4: Well, like mangoes or apples at the market.
1: Yeah, it's exactly like that. The fact is that the companies are not actually interested in selling you a cheap flight. They're interested in selling the seats and flying aeroplanes that are full.
5: Uh, Mark, Hmm? uh, why do you think revenue management has come about?
1: Well, as far as I can see, there are two basic reasons. Firstly, because the law has been changed to allow the companies to do this. You see, in the past they didn't have the right to keep changing the prices of the tickets. And secondly, we now have very powerful computer programs to do the calculations and so the prices can be changed at a moment's notice.
4: So you mean 10 minutes could be critical when you're buying a plane ticket?
1: Absolutely. Ah. And I understand we've almost reached the stage where these computer programs that the airlines are using will eventually be available to consumers to find the best deals for their travel plans from their home computer.
4: Heavens, what a thought. So the travel agent could easily become a thing of the past if you could book your airline tickets from home. Are there any other industries using this system or is it restricted to the airline business?
1: No, Many of the big hotel groups are doing it now. Mm. That's why the price of a bed in a hotel can also vary so much depending on when and where you book it.
5: It's all a bit of a gamble, really.
1: Yeah, and hire car companies are also using Mm. revenue management to set their tariffs because they're also dealing with a commodity, if you like. So the cost of hiring a car will depend on demand.
5: Well, uh, thank you, Mark, for that overview. That is well-researched. Now, uh, let's get on with your main topic for today.
2: That is the end of Section 3. You now have half a minute to check your answers. Now turn to section four. Section four. You are going to hear a short talk on space management in supermarkets. First, you have some time to look at questions thirty-three to thirty-seven. Now listen to the first part of the talk and complete the table by filling in the numbered spaces 33 to
3: 37. Good morning.
4: Welcome to this talk on space management. And today I'm going to look particularly at space management in the supermarket. Now, since the time supermarkets began, marketing consultants like us have been gathering information about customers' shopping habits. Mm -hmm. Uh, To date, various research methods have been used to help promote the sales of supermarket products. Uh, There is, for example, the, uh, the Simple and Direct Questionnaire, which provides information from customers about their views on displays and products, and then helps retailers make decisions about what to put where. Uh, Another method to help managers understand just how shoppers go around their stores are the hidden television cameras that film us as we shop and monitor our physical movement around the supermarket aisles. Where where do we start? uh, What do we buy last? What attracts us? Etc. More sophisticated techniques now include video surveillance, and such devices as the eye movement recorder. Uh, th- this is a device which shoppers volunteer to wear taped into a headband and which traces their eye movements as they walk around the shop recording the most eye-catching areas of shelves and aisles. But with today's technology, space management is now a highly sophisticated method of manipulating the way we shop to ensure maximum profit supermarkets are able to invest millions of pounds in powerful computers, which tell them what sells best and where. Now, an example of this is Spaceman, which is a computer program that helps the retailer to decide which particular product sells best in which part of the store. Now, Spaceman works by receiving information from the electronic checkouts where customers pay... Mm -hmm on how well a product is selling in a particular position. Spaceman then suggests the most profitable combination of an article and its position in the store.
2: Now you have some time to look at questions 38 to 42. As you listen to the rest of the talk, label the diagram by filling in the numbered spaces 38 to 42.
4: So, let's have a look at what we know about supermarkets and the way people behave when they walk down the aisles and take the articles they think they need from the shelves. (laughs) Now, here's a diagram of one supermarket aisle and two rows of shelves. Mm -hmm. Here's the entrance at the top left-hand corner. Now, products placed here at the beginning of aisles don't sell well. In tests, secret fixed cameras have filmed shoppers' movements around a store over a seven-day period. When the film is speeded up, it clearly shows that we walk straight past these areas on our way to the centre of an aisle. Mm -hmm. items placed here just don't attract people Mm -hmm. when we finally stop at the center of an aisle we pause and take stock casting our eyes along the length of it now products displayed here sell well and do even better if they're placed at eye level so that the customers eyes hit upon them instantly Uh, products here are snapped up and uh, manufacturers pay a lot for these shelf areas which are known in the trade as hot spots mm. naturally everyone wants their products to be in a hot spot
1: <laughs>
4: <coughs> but the, uh, the prime positions in the store are the ends of the aisles otherwise known as gondola ends now these stand out and grab our attention for this reason many new products are launched in these positions and manufacturers are charged widely varying prices for this privileged spot. Also, um, the the, the end of an aisle may be used for uh, promoting special offers, which are frequently found waiting for us as we turn the corner of an aisle. Well, now, eventually, of course, we have to pay. Any spot where a supermarket can be sure we are going to stand still and concentrate for more than a few seconds is good for sales. That's why the shelves at the checkout have long been a favourite for manufacturers of chocolates. <laughs> Perhaps the most sure-fire impulse
0: food of all. <laughs>
2: that is the end of Section 4. You now have half a minute to check your answers. that is the end of the listening test. You now have 10 minutes to transfer your answers to the listening answer sheet.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0-1 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5-11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar.